So what about the future? Starting today, the Buffalo Sabres' reason for existence will be to win a Stanley Cup. This is the Cautiously Optimistic Podcast, Season 6, Episode 11. I'm Joe Marino, joined, of course, by Luke Buckley. And we're back to talk some Sabres on the 11-year anniversary of Terry and Kim Pagula buying the Buffalo Sabres, officially being introduced to the Buffalo media. You heard the clip off the top, the promise that Stanley Cup We'll come to Buffalo. We're still waiting. I was telling Luke before we started recording that I vividly remember when I saw on Channel 2 News so many years ago that this was happening, and I cried. Uh, you know, fourth or fifth grade, Joe, whatever, however old I was. That was sixth grade for yeah. us. Naive to mm-hmm. think. I, I initially thought that the team was going to move because, you know, you know, I'm – elementary school basically so I didn't know any better but I was crying for the wrong reasons because yes the next 11 years would be torture Luke how you doing I'm good I'm well I'm well uh what I was doing that day um I was playing one of my favorite hockey games of all time NHL 07 the best and I uh let me lower myself a little bit here um yeah, I, I, I was deep in the midst of a, another dynasty mode in that game. And I remember watching the news conference on my on our laptop with my mom. And um, it was exciting times. Uh, that that kind of began a a love affair with the Pagulas. Of course, the, the, the playoffs that year. And I, uh, I might have told this story. I, I, I definitely did. But... I love Terry Pagula so much uh, that um, after game two against the Flyers that year, Sabres lost, of course, but uh, I went to the airport with my mom for to get autographs and whatnot. We were the only family there. The first car to pull up was the Pagulas. Wow. And I get out. I had my little my, my Stanley Cup that I made with my dad right before game one against the Islanders in 07. I brought that with me, and I was holding it, and I said, you know, Mr. Pagula, can I have your autograph or whatever? And he, like, he did this, like, clapped his hands together. I was like, and, like, rubbed them together. And wow. his little face. I'll never forget this. <laughs> and just, he didn't, he doesn't even have his, it, it wasn't even a signature. Just wrote, to Luke from Terry Pagula. Like, it was, <laughs> so I don't know, maybe, I don't know, but I, I'll, I'll always hold that memory. I, I always do have that. So, um, you know, Pagula was always in my, He's a nice guy. Good graces. I'm sure he's a good guy. I'm sure he's a nice um, guy. He's just, you know, we we were listening to some of the the press conference, trying to find the clip of him saying that reason for existence is to win the Stanley Cup, and he didn't know what Twitter was. Like, this man's not very in with technology. This is, this is the anniversary of Hockey Heaven. Yeah. Right? And look at what it is uh, now. Yeah. They can't sell out even a quarter of the arena. 
That's a good idea. Uh, that you know, I'm adding this to the list of names for my book. How about Hockey Hell? Hockey Hell. What What was the original name you were thinking? Uh, of? The worst team in the, the world. The worst team. I like the worst team in the mm-hmm. world a little more. Mm-hmm. A Buffalo Sabres story. Yeah. Uh, yes. Oh, a Buffalo Sabres story. Mm. Yeah. That That could be a good tagline. I think you should start working on it now. People, I'm gonna write this one day. <laughs> hey, listen. For my capstone for graduating college, I wrote. Uh, like 12 pages on why the Sabres have missed the playoffs for 10 years and going to be 11. I'm glad that you were allowed to do that. Yeah, it was it was fun, mm-hmm. if you want to call it fun. Well, that's what that final project is all about, was uh, doing writing what you wanted to write about, right? Yeah. So It was and painful. Joe, you did about six different assignments throughout your four years of school, I think, all about the Sabres oh, in various yeah, different ways. For sure. Uh, but... Um, a memorable day. It's a day that will, uh, I don't know, live in infamy. Live in infamy yeah. I guess you can say. Uh, I I feel like everybody knows where they were, uh, or what they were doing, when the news broke about uh, Pagula buying the team. And it's funny looking up old videos on here on YouTube. We, we had to we had to grab that that clip from like. A tribute video, uh, like a like a hype video that someone made in tw- in 2011. So that's why there's that Avengers music, if you will, behind <laughs> it. Um, but in the process of doing so, you can still find a lot of like Channel Four mm-hmm. WIVB stories. Uh, and they did a story at the WGR studios, and I recognized it, and I'm like, wow, it still looks the same. But that that's just it's funny. Um, I, I, I see because I was so young, I wasn't so in touch with um, what the local radio and stuff was saying about it at the time. Right. But, you know, since I've grown up, I've become a collector of like newspaper sports pages and stuff. So I would I, that's one that I would love to have had gone, gone back and saved was Pagula buying the team. But uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll get into uh, some of uh, our. Were the, the the better memories, the best moments, if you will, <laughs> of the Pagula era? I don't know. There haven't really been many. <laughs> so, well, what maybe would you like, say? I mean, during the time, and as we speak, the foam panels of our yes, studio are right. falling off. Maybe familiar so, with those by now. Nothing has changed in the studio. We like to mm-hmm. comment on what has changed. Well, microphone four, the one that I usually am at, does not work anymore. No, this is three. Microphone three, correct? Yeah, yeah three Still does not work anymore. Fixed. Uh, we're not sure about the other one, but yeah, we had some plans here. We had some plans to maybe bring in a couple guests to do a fun jersey draft, but that might have to be put on hold for now until yeah. these are fixed. So, well, I propose this to Joe: uh, getting outside of the box. What if we did an animal draft, where we draft our favorite animals, and then for the hockey spin, we say what saber. They remind us of perhaps past put them or in present. A, a hockey lineup. Yeah, maybe make lines. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great idea. I perhaps. think like once we get into the summer, heck, even a few months from now when the playoffs start, that might be an option. Uh, I think everyone loves drafts. Uh, see, everyone loves. I, I love the drafts because the fans always vote that I put put together the better draft. <laughs> that's right. It sounded like I said giraffes there, which see that's he that's might have uh, thrown a smoke screen on his yeah. first overall pick. Yeah. We'll see. No, no dra- giraffes are um, an underrated animal. Where would the giraffe be in the lineup? 
I, I honestly like, you don't want really, him in net. It wouldn't. No, that's net. right. Nope, nope, nope. Uh, I'd want a giraffe to. Well, I mean, he could see over defenders. True. But his well, depth maybe of perception. maybe you want to put the giraffe like in, in front of the net on the power play. This is amazing. We we <laughs> have to do this. We have to build a lineup out of animals, this and then see idea. which lineup would 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 win. This is a great idea. And I think a, we have to do this now. This would be great to have Derek, our friend Derek Kramer, our good friend on the, Derek on the Kramer, show for this. Yes, uh, Derek, if you're listening, well, yep, we're gonna have you on. Uh, check him out, yet, but occasionally Saturday mornings, eleven to two, uh, Sports Talk Saturday, WGR. But um, no, the more now we're talking about this, and folks out there, you're getting a peek behind the scenes here. <laughs> I love animals. And I love hockey, and I love drafts. Drafts. So, um, I don't know. We got to do this. If I was a beer drinker, we could do draft drafts. <laughs> we draft our favorite drafts. Or we draft our favorite uh, NHL <laughs> season drafts. Oh, 2003 would go first overall. Yeah. Um, we, could, we could draft our the best years of the drought for the Sabres. That would be something. Yeah, well. It'd be short. Well, I don't know. But, um, but yeah, uh, fun stuff is on the horizon. Uh, again. Hopefully. Hopefully. Again, uh, what do you say about the Sabres uh, currently in the present day? I let, think... Wait, before before we get into the present day Sabres, yes. while we're, we're kind of on topic, let's go over our favorite Pagula Yeah, Yeah, let's moments. do that. Yeah, let's go back to that. Uh I think we we're both gonna say the, uh, the playoffs, the playoff series, of course, the playoffs, um, <laughs> the, the playoff series. That was a, a great, that was a great run. Like mm-hmm. they were kind of dead in the water, and then they came out back. Like I don't have a whole lot of memories, but like they went on that crazy run to end the season. Yeah, and I think the Flyers game at the end when they clinched. Yeah, the Vanek goal. I think Nathan Gerby had a goal. Nathan Gerby had a really weird spinning goal. Yeah. It was a terrible goal. Uh but I I remember where I was that night. Mm-hmm. Also, it was a Friday night. Uh and I was out with my dad and we were listening on the radio and we were we were we were toe to toe with the Hurricanes. That's who we were we were going right. up against for the final spot. And I remember during that game, I don't know, it was 1-1 after the first or something and we were getting the intermission reports, and the Hurricanes were up one nothing. I was like, "Oh, come on!" And uh, God, I'll, I'll I'll never I'll just I'll never forget that. And I think going to overtime clinched it though, because I remember yes. Tyler Myers, the big man himself, was just behind the net as the time was like dwindling down in the third mm-hmm. period, mm-hmm. and the Flyers, who they would eventually face in the first round of the playoffs. Weren't giving any pressure at all. They no. were just letting him have it in the big ovation from the crowd. And I'm pr- I'm 90 percent sure Vanek scored in overtime. Vanek scored in overtime, and it was it was a really nice goal on a backhand, and then he went right up to the the back wall. They were wearing white at home that day right. too. Uh, but um, never forget that you're right. They needed one point to clinch, mm-hmm. and then just for the cherry on top, they scored, and then they they ended the season against Columbus, and. They kicked their ass. It was like five two, right? You're riding high, uh, but I just that was that was a very a very fun time, um, and like it's God, it was a good series. It too. was a good series. It was a good. Se- they should have won. I thought they were the better team. I'll never forget the Patrick Coletta goal in Game One 
Patrick, that was a good. Uh, was that the season where Coletta scored? He might have scored like ten goals or something like that. I don't he remember. Might have. But um, what, one of those two years, 10, 10 11 or nine ten. Coletta just had a great year. That season might have been the one where his injuries began to pile up. Also, I still see Coletta jerseys in the stands. He he earned his uh, way to being a hometown favorite. Uh, no, the year before that, he had ten goals, and in twenty eleven. He he played fifty one games and had nine points. Okay. In the playoffs, though, how about this? Three points in in, in uh, six games. Now was ten eleven the year they got Rafi Torres, or was that the year before? Mm, well, let me click. Uh, they got Brad Boys in ten eleven. Mm-hmm. Brad Boys is the last player in Sabres history to score a playoff goal. Are you kidding me? I'm pretty. Yeah, I'm ninety percent, ninety nine percent sure that Brad Boys was the last Sabre to score a playoff goal. All right, you asked about Rafi Torres. Yeah, I feel like it might have been nine ten. They gave up like Nathan Pace in a second round. You're pick. right. It was nine ten. Okay. Yeah, it was nine ten. He uh, was he was like he wasn't their leading scorer, but like when he got onto the team, he had the most goals on the team, and then like he never scored again. And then you went on to play the Bruins, who you would think you'd need Rafi Torres' grit and jam, right, to uh, to defeat and the. I was Bruins looking is... back at some of the the older history for trades. Uh, going off topic now, but who cares? Um, but like, they, I remember this might have been in like 2009. They traded Alish Kotalik for like a second round pick, and then they traded that second round pick to another team. Might have been for Brad Boys. I'm not sure. Or Dominic Moore. You remember Dominic Moore? Oh, of course. He played for the Sabers. Of course. Of course. Um, who else? I don't even remember some of these guys. Brad well, Boys, they gave a second-round pick for. That pick turned out to be Joel Edmondson. Steve Bernier from the Brian Campbell trade. They mm-hmm. got him. He scored, like, two goals in his first game. Then really never good, scored Then again. never scored again. Mm-hmm. Then they traded him to the Canucks for, like, a second or two seconds. I don't remember. Wait, Regeary played some 4D chess. Got to respect it. He did. He did. Uh, oh, speak of the devil, uh... Derek just liked my uh, tweet, but <laughs> but anywho, uh, uh, but going back to the series, can't yes. forget Easter, mm-hmm. Easter Sunday. Mm-hmm. The Villilano reaches into the deep depths of our hearts and just rips it out. Well, 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 it was a good game, but they should have won. Let's not sulk on that because right before that was the game six Tyler Ennis overtime oh. goal. Well, game five, right? I think it was game five. Oh, you're right, you're game right, because game six, game six, six was, was Easter, Easter yeah. and then game seven they got throttled. Game five, Tyler Ennis in overtime. Uh, that was. I remember exactly where I was. Me too. Me too. Uh, in my li- I had a friend over. I was in my living room, of course. We were playing mini sticks, and then that came on. Uh, we heard it the, upstairs, the TV. We had, So the H, this was like probably right when people were transitioning to HD, right? There's probably still yeah. a lot of standard definition, but standard definition was always like a second or two ahead of HD at the time. So the standard DTVs were upstairs. So we heard a yell from upstairs of, we effing scored. And then my friend and I look at each other, and then moments later, Tyler and his scores, and we go crazy. <laughs> and it was uh, it was great fun. But um, that, I mean, what what other, what other moments really were there? Uh I think the butt goal is an overrated moment. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's like a Twitter meme. 
that's a meme. I mean, do you want to see Eichel uh, being drafted? I mean, I don't. Oh, we, for me, definitely drafting Eichel and then getting a Ryan O'Reilly within minutes. Yeah, that's definitely a highlight. Yeah. Um, I'll never forget mowing the lawn and listening to WGR as I'm mowing the lawn and hearing that they traded a first round pick for Robin Leonard. That was something. I remember that morning too. The whole tank trading for Evander Kane, mm-hmm. like, yep. As painful as it is to look back on, it was remember an exciting moment. School. It was an exciting moment for mm-hmm. sure. So, do we want to say here's to here here's to eleven more years of Terry <laughs> Pagula? Or uh... well, you know, th- I'm not seeing these rumors on Twitter that they're going to sell the team. No, not like, anymore. It's not popping off anymore. On uh, a couple, I've listened to. The after the whistle podcast, they asked Elliot Friedman if it was true, and uh, I know Chad and Anthony keep getting questions about it too. So like, it's coming about, but I don't know if it's going to happen. Yeah. Elliot Friedman said that it's not going to happen while they're trying to build a new stadium. So mm-hmm. that makes a bad sense. look. So right. that makes a lot of sense. Um, but we'll see. <sighs> what are you going to do? I hope we don't have to deal with eleven years of this. <laughs> Well, he'll be old by then. Oh, yeah. Well, that just means Kim is going to take over the team, right? Or their children. Someone will. One of the one of the, the one of the cult, well, not not the cult. <laughs> the brood, one of the Pagula what what word am I looking for? Clan, clan. Yeah, I think call it a clan. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh uncertain where I stand of uh hurrah, hurrah for Terry Pagula, but He's got to live with it. <laughs> yeah, he's he's there. I mean, there's not much. No, you know, nothing. Anyone else? Not like we can fire Terry Pagula from being the owner of the team. That's true. Things are looking up though. Very up. Very up. Mm-hmm. I think this the tune of this week's podcast in comparison to a few weeks ago. And this will be a positive one. one. This yeah. this will be. Um, they have a top line. They have a good line. When was the last time they had a line like? Solid like this, a the, consistent scoring the line. Commonville Eichel Reinhardt line, the J Crew, J Crew, right. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks good. Tage Thompson looks really good. Mm-hmm. And you know, when the season starts, they put him at center. Everyone's like, "Oh, what the hell's going on?" It's working, and it's not like it's been like ten games, and it's like, "Oh wow, this is a thing." No, it's it's still working. We're fifty plus games into the season now, and he's still playing really well. And my biggest takeaway is the man uses his size now. Absolutely uses his size. He uses his reach to his advantage. He looks borderline unstoppable sometimes. And he's, what, 23, 24? Making $1.6 million. 24 years old, yes. It's a bargain. Six goals in his last five games. How about that? Beautiful. <laughs> I, I get so happy. Watching this team actually has made me smile this year. Yeah, and, and I don't think they made me smile at all last no, season. No, exactly Definitely not. <laughs> uh, Elite Prospects actually has a projection. Yeah, I noticed thing. that. It's like a new update. Uh, and they have Tage projected at 33 goals and 30 assists. Wow. But we know that he's capable of going off for guys' first career hat trick the other night. Mm-hmm. One game after Jeff Skinner. Right, was Skinner, that a game? Yes, after I think Skinner it was scored? a game or two. Skinner scored four goals. Yeah, that's right. So the Skinner four goal game. Uh, Skinner looks great too. He does. Oh, man. So I, I think um, watching this team and this group, they're growing. 
they're growing, but yeah. but that um, not just that. It's I have this feeling of optimism and joy, and I'm excited to watch them. And I didn't have that in any of the Eichel years because it still felt like when Eichel's rookie year. Eichel's rookie year yeah. might have been the year. Uh, and maybe the year after that a little bit. But both of those years, it still felt like they were a ways off. Mm-hmm. Like, I wouldn't even say uh, I wouldn't even say the 10-game winning streak was like that because I swear— The first 10-game winning streak, you, it felt real, well, but no, it wasn't no, real. No, I swear yeah. to God, I, I didn't—I had my reservations. Uh, funny story, actually, about that— uh, it was Black Friday, and this is when I was still working retail. And a, 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 we had just beat the Canucks, I think it was, in that mm-hmm. crazy shootout game, which again was another comeback that they had to do. And the I I, I made I was making small talk with um, this woman, probably a mom, uh, wife, and you know like along around that age, and like you know just we were just, she was just like, well, so we got, we were talking about the Sabers, and she goes, you know, well, it looks like they they uh, they turn it around now, and I and I said, let's hope. And this was in November. We were still doing we were doing the podcast at this time. Yeah, I vividly remember. Oh, they're gonna have to lose ten games in a row to not make the playoffs. And they, I think they they made. They have. did. Yeah. I remember because me and my buddy we end up buying tickets. I don't know if you remember the Kings game that year where Skinner scored in overtime. He said to me, yes. this was in the thick yeah. of the ten game win streak. He's like, watch, we're gonna go to this game and they're gonna be on a ten game losing streak, and it literally basically happened. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So even, and then it even, happened again the year after. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Even even then, like even those years, I wasn't sold. I, I had a hard time still watching. But this time around, you have the abundance of draft picks. This year, you have guys like Tage Thompson, like Peyton Krabs, who is extremely fun to watch. Alex Tuck. Alex Tuck's a monster. Who still is a monster? Holy. The resurgence of Jeff Skinner. Uh, it's it's they have a capable coach, which is something right, we haven't right. been able to say since I don't know since Lindy since Ruff Lindy obviously, Ruff. but like when in Lindy Ruff's tenure, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So I I I don't know. There there's there's reason and like people will say I'm crazy for watching every game, but I don't I don't watch every game. Still, I'm watching more now, but I I do. <laughs> I just I think it's it's fun to watch. The young guys uh, go, and the optimism of uh, Casey Middlestat staying on the ice and being able to keep playing. The the improvement of Rasmus Dahlin. I also. you know Dahlin gets a lot of crap. Some of it's un, like justified, but did they draft Rasmus Dahlin to be some defensive dynamo? Like no, they drafted him for his offensive skill and creativity. And you know what if. He's doing what he was advertised to do. And, you know, sometimes it's not amazing. But, like, he's having a good year. He's not, he's basically playing at, like, a 45, 50-point pace, which is awesome. Like, that's – when was the last time a Sabres defenseman had 50 points in a season? I don't know. W- were we even alive? Maybe Brian Campbell. Brian Campbell, mm-hmm. perhaps. Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but uh, come on. No, but Tage Thompson, how this is the most improbable? Would you say resurgence? Or oh yeah, what would be the word? 
the most improbable. Yeah, resurgence. Not even a resurgence because there, there, yeah, there was never there was never <laughs> a surge in the first place. Development, development. Yes, yes. The development of Tage Thompson. Has well, it's been, putting him at center. I mean, yeah, but it's been nothing short of a miracle. Yeah, I, I mean, this guy, I think we all thought was a, a lost cause. For sure. But, yeah. Well, when you look at the big picture here, they get him in the O'Reilly trade. They put him right into the deep end. Remember, he made the team out of camp. Probably should have gone to Rochester. They just kept playing him. They scratched him a bunch, if you remember. What is this guy learning from the press box? Do you remember Rosley right. and Kruger, Botterill? Oh, you can learn a lot from the press box, this, this, and that. Does no good for him. They basically did the same thing with Casey Middlestat. These two guys would have done a lot. They would have been a lot better off if both of them went to Rochester for at least a whole season. They swallowed their pride eventually, sent them both down. Uh, Thompson, I think I don't remember what year this was, but goes down, playing great, comes back up, gets injured like the first game that he comes up. I think it might have been been against the Blackhawks. Not sure. Looks like that was uh, 1920. Yeah, 1920. And then he's basically shut down for the rest of the year. So, like, it's been tough for him to even get to this point. Uh, Adams comes in here, gives him the three-year deal at 1.6. And you know what? It's a good calculated risk because he either does nothing and just continues to flounder and can't find a spot in the lineup and then you just bury him in the minors, and then you have like basically nothing against the cap. But you know he scores thirty goals, and then you got a thirty goal scorer, twenty four year old making one point six million dollars. They can extend him on July first. I wonder if they try that. Do they try and go for like another like long term deal at like five million, something like that? Because you know he scores thirty goals again next year. What are you looking at? Because now you got a unicorn. <laughs> So, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, and I think to listening, Don Granado says that when we talked with Tage, we told him just shoot the puck. Yeah, that, that's that's the thing. Just to shoot, just shoot the puck. Focus on shooting the puck, getting good shots to the net. And it sounds like everything is going according to plan. Yeah, right. I, this this is the plan. You you take good shots, you get the puck to the net. You're going to score, and uh, they're sticking to the plan, and it's worked. So I think that's a good sign too for for developing these guys that they correctly identified what Tage needs to do, which is just shoot the puck. I mean, he's always had that shot, and I think a big thing is he's using his size. Yes, like he's using his reach. Mm-hmm. It's great. Like they can't knock him off the puck. Like it's he's basically been a cheat code, and that was one of my uh, big things with Tage was getting him to use he's six foot seven. I mean a yeah. six foot seven forward like <laughs> they don't grow on trees. Uh, a six foot seven center that can skate really well. Right. With the shot that he has. Like when you think of six foot seven center, you think of like a guy like Brian Boyle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, who's a, a grit and grinder kind of guy. But uh no Tage, I mean I can't say enough good things. It's so it's so exciting. Just uh 
I've always liked Tate Thompson. Him. I mean, like obviously there were times where we were down on him, but like I always during the draft, I loved Tate Thompson. That World Junior the year after, he was great. I mean, I was happy that they got him in the O'Reilly trade, but it sucked that it took this long for him to reach this. But if this is what he is, nice. Like people have called it found money, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll take it. They've got a really nice building block now. And now you got you got Thompson, you got Middlestat, you got Krebs. Krebs might be having to play wing now. You got Cousins. Cousins has almost become an afterthought <laughs> to me this season, at least. Right. With, with guys well, yeah, like Krebs. Yeah, you have Tuck now. Yeah, you have Tuck and Krebs. I'm not saying he. I'm not saying it's less in, pressure on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's all this. Oh, he's the next captain. This, this, and that, and the other thing. Well, I don't. I don't mean it as he's an afterthought in that they're gonna get rid of him. I mean right. it as in my focus right now. I care about the development of Tage, Peyton, and the continued good play, if you want to call it development, of Alex Tuck. Like, that's what He's I'm focusing on right now. He's taking game to another level, Yeah, too. yes. It's probably like, the best hockey of his career. Dylan Cousins, this is just in my eyes, has, like, he's in B-tier priority for me now <laughs> of, of guys <laughs> to watch and develop. I'm still, I, I, of course, I'm still hoping he does good, but he's not the guy I'm tuning in to watch anymore right i'm tuning in to watch the playmaking of peyton krebs uh see if casey middlesack can get going uh which i which he will um but uh it's not so much about dylan cousins for me anymore your cousin's role going forward is basically second or third line center which is fine give him the tough matchup i mean that's what they drafted him for Mm -hmm. They drafted him with and, the intention, okay, you're second, third-line center behind Jack Eichel. And on a really good team, he's going to be a, a third-line yeah. moving I up mean, to second Dylan line. Cousins was never supposed to be this team's number one center. It was never supposed to be that way. And granted, I think when they drafted him, I don't think Jason Botterill thought that he was going to get fired one and two, that Jack Eichel would be gone within three years. So they've got guys now, <laughs> hopefully. Mm-hmm. Are any of them number one center quality? I'm not ready to call Tage Thompson a legitimate number one center, but are they going to have three number two centers? Yeah, that's fine. I mean, that's the best depth they've had since the late Listen, 2000s. Center depth is probably the best depth. I mean, right? Yeah, maybe yeah. they pick another one with their top seven, eight pick this year. They're looking good. Free agency, too, is an option. I mean, there might be someone who wants to come here. Free agency is going to be interesting. It's going to be really interesting because they're going to have a lot of draft picks. Not a lot of draft picks, a lot of cap space, I mean. Um, And they have to spend money to get to the cap floor. You look at it, they have the most salary cap room in the league right now as it is. I'm not sure how much it is, but even when you account for Johnny Boychuk's dead $6 million against the cap, they still have so much money to spend. Where are they going to do it? Because they're... Loaded it forward already. I don't mean loaded as in they're, like, they ha- I mean loaded it in a sense that it's full already. Like, they're going to have to get rid of some guys. Um, I want to address, but while we're on the topic, we did get a question. I, 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 I have Cap Friendly open here. I'm just sorting it by centers that will be available in free agency. Yeah, We got a question from our longtime listener of the show, Ike Daddy. Yes, Who sir. are some players, either in Rochester or free agency, that you would like to fill out the lineup under 
the Skinner-Thompson tuck line. Well, obviously, they better keep that line intact. It goes without saying Paterka would be yeah, nice Paterka, to see. Yeah, Quinn will be here. You know, I would like, just for poops and giggles, give Michael Mersh a contract. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> just I mean, I, w- I wouldn't be let's surprised. See. Of course, there's guys who lead the league in scoring in, in the AHL every year. But, I mean, come on. Call them up. Let's see what happens, right? Nothing yeah, to lose. They're going to trade some guys. There's going to be more injuries. That's right. They just called up Brandon Byro today. That's right. And I had, hadn't had the slightest idea that he had an NHL contract in the first place. Oh, really? Yeah. Did you know <laughs> Brandon Byro was the last? I don't know if he was the last Jason Botterill signing or the first Kevin Adams signing. I'm not sure. I think he was last Botterill. Yeah, I think he might be yes. the last Botterill signing. Yeah. But Brandon Byro, he was a development camp invitee. Mm-hmm many years ago, and then they ended up signing him a couple years later. Mm. Uh, the fruits the fruits of labor uh, from the Pagula Ice Arena for Penn State, I guess you could say. Mm. That's the, the, the breeding ground for uh, right. future Sabres. What happened to Brett Murray? Where's he? Did Brett he Murray's in Rochester. <laughs> okay, okay. I don't know, I don't know why, but uh, yeah, they, when just, did that they just got a lot of guys. He's right. been down for a while now. Um, uh, you know, um, want to talk about Anders Bjork? Yeah, I don't. He, uh, he's, he's not doing he's, it for me guy. anymore. He's a guy. He's I got. Mean, he's got another year on his contract. He too. has SHL written all over him. Like, <laughs> I don't know. There's when's his contract expire? He's got one more year, so he's for me. He's penciled into the press box next year. Yeah, I think he could. It's like you look at the bottom, like the top half of the Sabers lineup. I envision all these guys here. I mean, as Ike Daddy mentioned, the top line, Skinner, Thompson, Tuck, that's probably going to be either your first or second line next year. Middlestat will be here. He's got another two years left after this year. Quinn will be here. And uh, Krebs will be here. Like I like the, the idea of Krebs, Cousins, and then... Sniper on the other side. They've had Olafson there. Olafson is sick, so he's not going to be. He wasn't at practice today, so it looks like he's probably going to miss uh, Thursday's game. But well, uh, I like Quinn in that spot. Mm-hmm. Krebs, the elusive playmaking ability. You got the power and strength and two way ability in Dylan Cousins, and then you got the skilled sniper in Jack Quinn. I think that's a great line. It's making this to be a great line. Then your third line, you got Rasmus Asplund, who, you know, he's been in a little bit of a rut, but I think there's still something there, like good defensive ability. He can skate, and he can chip in offense from time to time. You got Asplund, Middlestat, and Paterka. That's a good line. Where does Victor Olofsson fit in here? You put him on the fourth line? Mm -hmm. I just don't see it. Mm -hmm. Unless you're going to be putting these kids in Rochester. I mean, J.J. Paterka is having – a phenomenal season down there. You're just going to put him down there again just because? I don't think so. I'm just looking at I think Victor Olofsson's getting traded at the trade deadline. I mean, it's not going to be for much, but where do you put him? And mm-hmm. uh, Frank Saravalli of the Daily Faceoff, uh, I think today he put in his trade bait board that Olofsson could be a guy that can be traded. Olofsson is arbitration eligible. And he also mentioned that he could be looking at a $4.5 million reward. So, ooh. ooh. Yeah, that's. Uh, really? Even yeah. after even this after season? This season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, get rid of him. Wash your hands of him. Yeah, I think, he, I think he's gone. 
Oposo, I don't think he's going to retire. Next year is the last year of that deal. He's having a great season. Mm-hmm. He's on your fourth line. Gergensen's is still going to be around. He's on the fourth line. He's your best defensive forward. Now let's. You need a fourth line center. Do you keep Mark Jankowski around? I think you can do better than that. Yeah, maybe you can go get a veteran playoff I experience think... guy to be your fourth line center. But that's your team. I mean, they're not going to go out and sign some big fl- splash at forward. I think defense is where you're really talking about some sweeping changes here. And goaltending, of course. Yeah, goal-tending. there's going to be two new goalies. We'll go Pekalukina. Mm-hmm. And then one more. Um, yeah, maybe they sign like a Pavel Francouz or a Braden Holtby. I don't, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't see them going big game hunting here. They're going to probably sign a short-term contract so they don't box out Levi, Portillo, and Lukanen. Yeah, Braden Holtby will be available. I like the idea of Francouz. We've been talking about him for many years now. Darcy Kemper. How would he come here? Agent. I don't know. I don't know. Or Billy Billy Huso is going to be a UFA. Mm. Billy Huso. That might be. How about he's young too. Victor Olafson for Billy Huso. There's no way they're gonna. Would they trade him? If you're gonna lose him, <sighs> you gotta trade him. If you're gonna if yeah. you're gonna lose him, because they're already committed to Bennington. Even though Huso is probably better than Bennington. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's tough. Something fun to think about, though. That's a possible. I mean, yeah, I like Billy Huso as an option. Yeah. I, other than that, though, it's not a very impressive list. Yeah, of you're looking at like a whole. You're looking at a lot of backups. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Braden Holtby will, and Pavel Francouz will be the. Or Jonas Corposaros there, or Miko Koskinen. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe they go for a Finn to mentor Lukanen. Oh, perhaps, perhaps. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you make a trade. Maybe they you could trade make a for trade. I, I don't know. That's tough. I'm sure there's someone out there. Yaro Halak will be um, right. a free agent. Maybe he can have a homecoming. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, <laughs> he can finally play a game. Mm-hmm. But um, let's look at their defense now. Defense okay. is going to be the interesting part because Darlene's going to be on your top pair. We're looking at the left side first. You got Power and Samuelson. Uh, they're probably going to sign Johnson out of the University of Minnesota. They probably put him in Rochester to start, right? Mm. Yeah. Now you look at the right side. Colin Miller is off the books. Mark Pesic is off the books. Uh, Fitzgerald. I wouldn't be surprised if they, if they re-sign Pesic. I I was going to ask you this. I think do we sign re-sign Pesic? I'd, I'd say so. I, I'd say so. One two years. Look at the, look at the free agent class for right shot defensemen. It's not that great. There is. Uh, PK Subban, Chris Letang, cross them off. Yeah, um, Johnny Boychuk, already here. Uh, Anton Strawman, he's already in Arizona. Right. I mean, it's not by choice, but. <laughs> you know, uh, Rasmus Ristolainen. <laughs> uh, Alex Goligoski. Now, he's uh, uh, he can he's, play he's both old. sides. Would he come here, though? I don't know. All right. Well, maybe if Minnesota wins a cup. He's, Minnesota mm. paid him a pretty hefty chunk of change. I, I wouldn't be million. surprised if he takes like a team-friendly contract. There's also Calvin DeHaan, um, John Klingberg, yeah. Josh Manson. Josh Manson's the guy. I think Josh Manson's the guy you put with power. Now, I'd be, you know, I'd give Josh Manson like $7 million for two or three years. Just overpay him. How about Justin Schultz? 
veteran, 31 years stylist, old. Does he fit stylistically? I'm looking for more of like a defensive-minded guy. Well, he only has 13 points in 46 right? okay. games. When I think of Justin Schultz, I think more of offensive-minded. Because like, you look at the makeup of their team. You I got, get him and Nick Schmaltz mixed up. You got Darlene and Power, like more offensive-minded guys. Samuelson's more of your stay-at-home defenseman. Yoki Haru is kind of in between. How about going after, um, here's a name that not many would think of. Oh, well, he's only played one game this year. Um, might have been, let's see, was he injured? Uh, yeah, it looks like he was injured. Uh, Marcus Nudivara. Ooh, okay. Will be, let me, he's 28. Um, Is he left-handed? I think he plays both sides, though. Uh, this has him listed as, uh, left-handed, but right D. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but so I imagine he can play, all right, both sides. But um, that's another guy that um, I don't know what his injury is. He's only played one game this year, right? Um, so uh, how about Saber Killer? <laughs> Saber Killer Dean Kukin is on the list. <laughs> uh, not interesting. Yeah, course, so it's but. not a very yeah not appealing very class. I mean, Robert Bortuzzo and Chad Ruedel just signed extensions with the Blues and Penguins, respectively. Mm-hmm. Uh. I think this is the case for keeping Mark Pesic because why not? Why not? Exactly. Unless uh, you're able to the get, night. unless you're able to get the big fish in Josh Manson, which I doubt that they would be able to. I bet Anaheim probably tries to make a push to keep him. Um, say keep Pesic. You got Yoki Haru, Fitzgerald, and Pesic perhaps next year. That's kind of <laughs> underwhelming, but. Next year is another building year. I don't think next year anyone's going to think that they're making a push for the playoffs. I'm looking at the list of forwards, and Ryan Kessler is finally off the books for oh, Anaheim. Okay. <laughs> so uh, that's just that's just funny to look at. But yeah. uh, there will be a lots of things to look for as the season goes on. Uh, Johnny Gaudreau. He's since make like stupid money, yeah. But since like last year, they've said, "Oh, Gaudreau contract expires. He's going to go to New Jersey. He's going to go to Philly. You know, close to home." But I if Calgary, go to Philly. if Calgary though makes a deep run in the playoffs, is there a chance he stays? I think he I can wouldn't still be leave. surprised. They just got tired to Foley. Perhaps to Foley could be a measurable replacement for him. Do they have uh, restrictions here? Like, are they going to be able to resist themselves from paying him a Jeff Skinner contract? Right. Because what is he at, like, a 100-point pace? He's having a ridiculously good year. He has 64 points people in 49 been, people games. People have been writing him off for the last couple of years. He's been struggling a little bit. He's having a great year. I Audrey think too. New Jersey would throw a lot of money. Is he from New Jersey or is he from Philly? I know um, he's from around the area. I know they're, like, they're practically the same thing. He's from Salem, New Jersey. Okay. I think New Jersey should throw the bag at him. Mm-hmm. Why not? Yeah, uh, they did it with Dougie Hamilton, so clearly right. they're aggressive. They're, mm-hmm. they're ready and willing. Uh, they seemingly have a goalie. Two, they have Bernier too. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, is there a Gaudreau? forward? I, I know a couple episodes back you mentioned that you would pay Philip Forsberg go all in for Philip Forsberg uh how about let's say Kyle Pozo retires whatever I mean they had likely like, won't money's off the table like 
they could right. pay they could pay three uh, no, I'm gigantic not, contracts. I, I don't mean in terms of money. I mean a similar replacement for him. Okay, Dustin Brown. Oh, yeah, I've mentioned Dustin Brown yeah. before. Mm-hmm. I think obviously tough. money is um, no issue with this. Yeah, team. Um, but Brown. I bet he probably stays in L.A. or retires, but you never know. Like mm-hmm. he he's from around here, and they want players who want to be here. So it wouldn't surprise me. He's a guy you can slap a letter on. He's won cups, so like it's not like he's going cup chasing. Mm-hmm. I could see it. Uh, well, you know what? Um, or like an Alexander Barabanov or a mm-hmm. Valery Nichushkin to get some Russian presents for yeah. all these kids that they're picking. Barabanov's having a pretty good year too with San Jose, San Jose right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, another Toronto Maple Leaf that I'm they just... just gave away for pennies. Going down the list here, <clears throat> Brian Rust will be a UFA. Okay. Uh, a little older now. Andrew Cop is one that okay. a lot of folks like him. Uh, and then there's one name I think. I was gonna say, what about Ricard Raquel? Twenty nine years old. Does Anaheim commit to a guy of that age? I think if I'm signing a UFA to a longer-term deal, I'm looking for, like, a 26-, 27-year-old, someone who's, like, like an Andrew Copps, like someone who's right at the cutoff of RFA, UFA. Here's a spicy one, okay? Uh, Frank Vitrano, 28 years old. Remember there was talk, yeah, there was rumors flying about he was in the Reinhardt the, trade. The Reinhardt yeah. trade. I was sad that didn't happen, uh, but – Florida's going to have to pay a lot of people, so I think Vitrano will hit the market. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know. That would be uh, interesting. Could help out Florida too. Mm-hmm. Help them out of their cap crunch. Take like a Patrick Hornquist. Yeah, a Radko Gudis. <laughs> I think combined, it's like seven, eight million. You might be able to get like second round pick and a prospect for taking that off the books. Who knows? So it'll be a pretty um, fun little. Agency. It'll be an interesting offseason, to say the least. Yeah. Um, I think Victor Olofsson's a dead man walking, though. I don't <laughs> think he's going to be here much Mm-mm. longer. Mm-mm. Probably um, not. <laughs> yeah, he's that's, gone. That's the team. I feel like... Get off the team. Sayonara. If they win the lottery, where did... Shane Wright will put a monkey wrench into their plans, too. Because he probably makes the team. He's on a heater right now. Is he? Oh yeah. So he's actually picking up. Yeah, he's picking up. I I saw a stat line today. What were? Uh, I think I you. saw headlines of Shane Wrong. No, come on. <laughs> it's, it's, it's hilarious. Come on. Um, <laughs> do it wrong for right. Uh, Shane oh, that's Wright, good. That's Shane good. Wright has eleven points, three goals, eight assists in his last five games. On pace for nine. Oh, and there Whoa! goes there goes the panel. Uh, he's on pace for 91 points in 64 games. I accidentally typed in Shane wrong. <laughs> uh, Which, I mean, pretty good. Then who's the other guy that is, like, you know, top potential? Matthew Savoy. There's mm-hmm. also Logan Cooley. And Simon Nemec. Those are they're kind of, like, emerging as the top five. Brad Lambert and also Slovakian Uri Slavkovsky. Oh, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Seven yeah. goals in mm-hmm. seven games, leading the Slovaks to the bronze medal. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. any of those guys would be nice. And there's been a conversation on Twitter the past couple of weeks about picking a defenseman with the first round pick. Wasn't why not? Real quick, wasn't Slokovsky named the Olympic tournament? Yeah, he MVP? got MVP as mm-hmm. a 
draft eligible, so that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. He's a big kid, too. Uh, he's like 6'4", 6'5", mm-hmm. so wouldn't be surprised if he can step in right away. Who knows? But Nemec is an interesting case. Definitely the best defenseman in the draft. But can the Sabres stomach picking another defenseman with a top top five pick? You know? Mm-hmm. What do you think? Would you pick a defenseman <sighs> high again? Listen, okay. <laughs> you asked me this. Uh, this is why I can never run a hockey team, okay? Because um, to me, picking another defenseman is boring. <laughs> I don't want to do it. <laughs> they have three first-round picks, though. Yeah, they can pick know, two more I forwards. I know, I know. Um, but think of the possibility. Like, they can build a super defense. They could, they could. But, I mean, like, not many teams. Like, this is like Nashville when they had Seth Jones, Shea Weber, and Yossi. All, like, Matias Ekholm. Ekholm. Like, How about that? This is, yep. They're trending towards that, essentially. I hope so. Uh, and it's not yeah. like they haven't drafted forwards. Like yeah, Quinn, you're right, you're right. Quinn, middle Pretty stat, much Cousins. the entire after the first round last year was all yeah, forwards. All forwards, um, basically, besides Novikov. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Rosen, Poltapov, Kisikov. Like, they've got Kozak. a lot of forwards. <laughs> yeah, their seventh-round pick is tearing it up. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I, I'd pick the defenseman. If he's there, I mean, listen. There's three picks. I don't think there's he's gonna be there. I don't think he's gonna be there. But they gotta pick at least one right shot D in this first mm-hmm. round. They mm-hmm. they're very thin. Well, you're you're right. There's there's three there's three first round picks. So sure, yeah. Might not be the sexy pick, but um, oh well. Yeah, yeah. Nemec is a sexy do it. Pick. Who is Nemec? Simon Nemec, right shot D. Okay. I think I recognize. I, I think I recognize the game from the name from GM mode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think he's in the game. Really? No. Unless well, you, I mean, unless someone, you, someone unless you downloaded him. a roster. Yeah. You download yeah. my roster. Uh, I, I stopped playing NHL 22. I went back to NHL 20. I, back to NHL 20? Yeah. Wow. Uh, because, one, my Oilers League. Oh, yeah. It's, I have such a fond... I have a soft spot. You've been doing this Oilers League for yeah, so many years. Yes. I, I have a soft spot in my heart for this league because it was my pandemic league. Right. Um And... Just it, it is one of my greatest builds ever in any in any dynasty mode. Every line has plus chemistry. My top line is plus five. My defense is plus three, plus five, plus one, and the slide the, like the slider settings I use are brilliant and they're so fun. The AI is so aggressive. It's so competitive and it's such a challenge. And NHL twenty two. You possess the puck. The ratio of like possession is like ten to one. You outshoot the opponent forty to nine every game. <laughs> and I, I was like, and it, it sucks because I created those thirty-two custom teams. Right. And now it's like, well, God, I don't even want to play because it's it's too easy. And so I went back to twenty, in the middle of a playoff run, and I'm like, oh my God, this game is, it's so fun, it's so fun. <laughs> Going Going back to the classics. Going to do a little roster clean out at the end of the year because, you know, it was two years ago. So I have some guys on the team who are, like, kind of irrelevant now in real life. So I'm going to get rid of, like, Kevin LeBanc. I'm going to get rid of um, who else is a – I have some guys who are going to be gone, but having the time of my life with that league. There you go. Mm Mm-hmm. Speaking of time of – your life, Jack Eichel's playing. Yeah, uh, did you watch him at all? I I watched some clips. I saw his first goal. He looks like Jack Eichel. Yeah, I I think Jack might have been right this whole time. <laughs> I have a hunch. 
um, that maybe oh he, he he did in fact know it was best for his body. But whatever. I mean, both teams. I are don't winning. care. I mean, both teams are winning the trade right now. Yeah, they got two really good players. We'll see what this pick turns out to be. We just did an entire show about how bright the future is. Yeah. So I think that that shows that. I mean, even the hell, years later, the O'Reilly trade's looking a little better, too. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it, eventually, uh, once upon a time, it looked like there was no winning it, but... <laughs> I still think it's so funny that we trade him in the first year he's there, he wins the Conn Smythe. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, if Tage Thompson is a 25-30 goal scorer for the next five years with this team, I mean, it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see what Ryan Johnson turns out to be. Let's see if they get anything for Colin Miller at the trade deadline to prolong the trade tree as well. So we'll we'll see what happens. But for me, it still stings because they gave up that third-round pick in the trade, and they only got the, the second pick that they got was a second-round pick, and it's not conditional. It's it's like the it's like a feeling of rejection almost. Like if if it was the 2022 first. Peyton Krebs, Alex Tuck in a 2023 conditional first round pick. Mm-hmm. That's at at worst it's a second. I am very happy with that, but I still think it's okay. I think Alex Tuck is exceeding expectations. Krebs is going to be a great player. One of my hot takes from remember the the Ryan Kennedy leaked uh, trade ask that got leaked immediately after we recorded several months ago. No. It was like right in the beginning of the Eichel neck so injury saga. So much stuff came up. It was like Nick Hague, a first round pick, Riley Smith, and Peyton oh, Krebs. I don't know yeah. if you remember that. That would have been. No, everyone was like, "What the hell? Who the hell is this Peyton Krebs guy?" Mm-hmm. And I said, "Peyton Krebs is going to be a better player than Dylan Cousins." And people got mad at me. Um, I stand by it. I think Krebs is going to be great. Yep. But I think when you're trading guy like Jack Eichel, having that extra first round pick would have been nice. Because if you think about it. Vegas can win the Cup next year, and the Sabres could be the worst team in the league. It would be like the Sabres traded up one pick. It could be an absolute non-factor. It doesn't make any sense to me, but it is what it is. I am a co-host of a podcast, and (laughs) Kevin Adams and Kelly McCrimmon are NHL GMs. (laughs) Well, they they could be. We could very well be in the, the same, well, opposite shoes. I mean... We've had this talk before. Right. Do you have anything else? Uh, not that I know of. Well, Let's uh, see if we got any extra questions before we sign off. When you here. check that, um, you you mentioned you're um a host of a podcast, and I I, I just got curious. I wanted to look at how many plays we have in total. Uh, thank you everybody, because all time according to SoundCloud, uh, as long as we've been on this platform. And whatever other platforms this extends to through our our, our feed, uh, a total of seventy seven thousand point two, seventy seven point two thousand listeners all time to this wow. show. Who would it? Over one hundred thirty three. Six years episodes. ago. Six mm-hmm. years ago, when we were recording in the if AV we, closet. If seventeen year old you and I saw these numbers, we we'd be amazed. Right. We'd be wow. Wow. It would all be worth it. Yeah. Cramming in and dealing with a pesky librarian who wanted to kick us out and thought we were working on a project and was, you know, a month into it. And she's like, well, you're you're still working on it? Like, <laughs> no. Like, why? I never. That's one thing I never understood is, like, why um, 
we went to Lancaster High School, okay? Why were the people there so not supportive when, like, kids would try to do something right. on their own, you know? I don't know. Look at us now, though. Look at us now. You know what? We did this show in hallways. Hall monitors would walk by, and we had to restart. It's hard to edit on a phone. It's hard to edit on a phone. Remember you when can't. We had to... You can't. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we almost forgot to tell you about our sponsor for the show, Underdog Fantasy. That's right. Use code TCB when you sign up, and they'll match your deposit up to $100. So... Who wasn't like some free money? I struck out on the Super Bowl. Had some high stakes prop bets, but it is what it is. But yeah, you can win money too. You just got to be right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's code TCB. Mm-hmm. Match up to hundred bucks. You can get a college degree. You just gotta get good grades. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wonderful. <laughs> All right. Uh, you got anything else before we sign off here? Nothing. We're going to try and do a jersey draft soon. We're going to try. Plenty of drafts, I think. I think the animal draft The animal draft is, is coming up. one of the greatest ideas uh, that we have um, in the chamber, if you will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we have a couple people in mind that we want to have for these drafts. Um, stay tuned. Mm-hmm. Stay tuned. Mm-hmm. If you have any suggestions on drafts, too, let us know. Mm-hmm. Uh, perhaps we'll have... Our good buddy Curtis or Austin on eventually to talk yeah, about some prospects. Yeah, get Buffalo guys. Yeah, you got ideas. My, I'm wearing my Charge and Buffalo uniform right now. My you got the navy blue hoodie. Got the TCB oh, hoodie. One of a kind. Also stands for taking care of business. There that could have been another great name for the show. Did you know that there is a taco place in Buffalo that uses our logo essentially? Yes. I, yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anyone's ever heard of this this taco place in Buffalo. But it's they... called uh, Tacos um, Tacos something in beer. Yeah, they use tacos basically in beer. I think so. I but think... they use like the same fonts. Like they didn't even try to subtly even make it look like they didn't rip us off. Tacos community in beer. TCB TCB Buffalo. Yeah, yeah, that's just that's, come it's on now. The same font. Come like on, they didn't that's, even try. They added like, and I I did some deeper research into this. They even like it's not like they made this logo before the Charging Buffalo was established. It was literally like weeks, weeks after. I don't know, but something something smells fishy here. Look at that. Okay, look, folks, you can't see this. I'm pointing to Joe on a computer screen. If you walked into a bar and saw that, wouldn't you think? The Charge of Buffalo sponsors this place. Would look yes. at that. Look at Absolutely. that. <laughs> we're being we're being facetious here, it. folks. Okay, we don't it. we aren't gonna sue Tacos Community <laughs> and Beer. You know what? Let's go to this place. Let's go there. Do you want to go there? Let's after? say yeah, then pull up her phone and say, whoever a waiter is, what do you do you think this does this look familiar to you, this logo? What do you think? Like, I just work here. I, I know, I know. <laughs> we won't we won't tell your boss. Just just know you work for con men. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm sure they have great food and a great atmosphere. And I'm Point sure nine miles away. It's very close. I'm sure that true to their word, they are indeed all about tacos, community, and beer. Yeah. I don't. I'm not calling them hypocrites. I'm calling them uh, plagiarist. There you go. 
I kid. It's on Delaware Avenue. All in good fun. Free free plug Tacos Community and Beer. Maybe Mm -hmm. this is their plan after all. They wanted us to shout them out. Yeah, this is their big break. This is their big break. Flocks of people are going to go to Tacos Community and Beer now (laughs) just to see their logo that they ripped off from the Charging Buffalo. Wonderful. TCB. You'd think that's our headquarters. I love it. All right. If you enjoyed, let us know. Uh, you can find the podcast basically anywhere now, apparently. Uh, SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Give us a review, because why not? It's appreciated. Subscribe as well. As so long as it's five stars. So you don't miss an episode. Uh, you can follow The Charging Buffalo on Twitter and Instagram at The Charging Buff. Also, go check out the other wonderful Charging Buffalo podcast network podcasts they're all great so why not check them out if you're listening to us you'll like the other ones why not i'm on twitter joe tcb nhl luke is on twitter lvketcb we'll be back soon no guarantees on when but we'll be back soon and we hope you have a wonderful day and we'll see you in the next one